And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, haunted house guests! This month, we're going to wind up the Hammer coverage by dragging them into the modern age with a Hammer film from this century. Harry Potter finds out his new assignment is no Hogwarts in The Woman in Black. Watch out, Harry. This woman can hold a grudge. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror, Tales of Terror. I am your co-host this evening, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I would like to thank everyone for listening to the show and downloading to the downloading the show today. And we have got a really good one for you. But first, before we get to that, I want to introduce my cohorts in crime, as on every episode's left to right across your radio dial. First off, the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Daddy, who's that woman? <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh, uh, smack dab in the center of this uh, of this crew is my brother Mr. J. Giaconetti don't go chasing sh- shadows out there and uh, joining us as always is Tuchu Freak OG Mr. Chris Honeywell dude they went full sweaty Radcliffe on this one oh man <laughs> Like we said in the pre-show, normally you got to pay extra for that kind of action. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you can't tell from that, and if you can't, I'm really not sure what we can do for you. But we are taking a look this evening at the last of our uh, series of Hammer horror films. And we are taking a look not at an older film, but instead we are jumping up to the modern day, the rebirth of Hammer horror as a modern commercial entity. And we are taking a look at The Woman in Black, starring... Everybody's favorite Harry Potter, uh, the Mr. Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, now, uh, um, Hero, you were the one that kind of put us onto this. How did how did you come across this one? This was a complete by happenstance. Uh, living with my buddy, and I was laid off, and one of my other buddies would come over because he'd have Mondays off, and we went to Redbox, and we Redboxed it. I, I like, remember right. this playing out on Facebook. Yeah, and I just I was like, okay. Um, Let's rent this thing. And uh, a couple of my other buddies came over, and we waited to watch it until it was still daytime. But uh, there ended up being five grown men sitting on a couch, like, <laughs> huddled watching together, behind the, watching behind their fingers. <laughs> it was it was magical. <laughs> Wait, did you watch a different movie than I watched? Uh, I swear to God. Like, <laughs> sorry. It's, hey, no, that's fine, man. <laughs> you, you guys... Wait, are you, are you sure we're talking about women in black here? Because I mean, there's I, there's other movies we've watched which make make you you know have a hard time breathing or make your skin crawl or things like that. But okay, I'm just sorry. <laughs> I mean, 
it's all good, man. It's cool, it's cool man. No, I'm just saying it. It's just this. Um, this this might have the Hammer name on it, but this is not a Hammer movie. I'm sorry, it's not. So. Um, well, you know that there there were there were certain aspects of this that I thought as a modern film, and I and when I say modern, uh, this was released in 2012, um, yeah, yeah. Ad- adaptation of the 1983 novel by Susan Hill uh, of the same name, um, and so I, I thought there were certain aspects of it that definitely tied in with the with the old Hammer look. You know, the the little the little village that our um, mm-hmm. that Arthur ends up in is def you there were definitely villages like that. In either sure. Frankenstein and Dracula, that kind of oh, thing. Oh, ho- and full, whole... full of hostile villagers, you know. Yeah. Right, exactly. I, and then the I, whole uh, spooky old dark house aspect, I thought was you know hmm. very gothic and very much filled in with with the Hammer vibe. Also reminded me of countless uh, DC you know horror and mystery books from the seventies that had that same type of old dark house stories in them, like the House of Mystery and stuff like that. So I, I, I get what you're saying, Jay, because it's. You know, Hammer's films were usually were were a bit more um, uh, uh, immediate and tactile, and not as much on the metaphysical yeah. side. Whereas yeah. this one definitely has the inf- where's the influences of kind of the modern supernatural films, which you know we like to think of like Renu and the various remakes and you know yeah. adaptations of that, and Pulse and uh, you know The Grudge and a lot of those yeah. J horror type of stuff that became real popular in the early 2000s here in the West. So I think it's definitely through that type of vein. Uh, but it, but it, by the same token, it, it does, I, I think from a narrative standpoint, does a decent job of differentiating itself from the J-horror and the J-horror ripoffs, oh, yeah. which, you know, kind of for a while owned that whole concept. So I thought oh, this right. was a better made than a lot of that. I mean, well, this... not, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm, I mean more of the J-horror ripoffs. The original J-horror stuff is, is good, yeah. but you know, like the American, version of like right, the right, ring right. That's, yeah. right i'm saying this this had a feeling of like uh the haunting or like those the, like, like the robert wise kind of stuff the stuff they made you know um the haunting a hell house and uh mm-hmm. um just the haunting in general like those kind of ghost kind of like ghost story kind of movies it felt more like that which it, it, and again it's not that it was like again going in if you're thinking you're gonna see hammer like you know, the vampire lovers or, you know, uh, Legend of Seven Golden Vampires or, you know. I like, don't think anyone was expecting Legend no, of Seven Golden Vampires. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> expects a Legend of Seven Golden Vampires. <laughs> but I'm saying, if you're going in expecting a Hammer movie, like, I mean, even even Hammer's uh, more tame stuff they put out, I mean, you know, it, it just didn't have that, that punch that Hammer normally has. It definitely has that feel like you're saying. To me, the first, I'm watching this, I'm going, man, I saw Juan. I saw Ring You. Like I saw those movies, and like this has that feel. If you know, it's kind of like um, uh, they remade Dark Waters, like you know, kind of thing. Like it's where it's a like that was they made it with uh, it remade in America, and it's like it has that feel. Like it has familiarity familiarity to it, and it's like it just did, but it didn't feel like it was the right thing. I think part of the problem is is that um, it, it it's the, the story itself is not an action adventure or. There's not a lot of upbeat stuff happening. And I don't mean upbeat and happy. I mean upbeat, like, up-tempo kind of things. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, kind of thing. a, it's it's definitely a, a, a slow burn with right. the doors and yeah. an atmosphere. It's, which is fine. And the thing is, but, you know, when you see the name Hammer, and, and you know, the thing is, Fangoria and Rue Morgue and all those magazines, they put this right on the front cover. There's a Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, there's Harry Potter, and he's in this, and this is going to be it. And they pushed it, and you're like, man, it's Hammer, and it's got a ghost, and, like, you're just expecting there to be, like, ghosts, 
you know, kind of thing, not like rocking chair and like, you know, little thing. thing. It's, 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 it's done in that old style, which is fine. But if you went in expecting like not that, you could be sadly disappointed in what you're getting. Um, as a movie, it's crafted well and the acting's good and I mean, everything's great, but it's like by way of what they did, but it, I don't think it really hit the, the what Hammer truly was. And I think that's part of the problem because when you look at what Hammer has, the name has been resurrected, but it wasn't truly let's do let's do that Hammer stuff anymore. Because I don't know if you can get away with half that Hammer stuff anymore, you know, kind of thing. Um, and still try to have people take your movie seriously. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, you know, and, and a lot of it, we, we talked about this way back when we were talking about, like, The Curse of Frankenstein and Horror of Dracula, <laughs> is that, you know, Hammer was, you know, they, they were producing something at the time that was an update of the old Universal pictures. Yeah. So even though they were in many ways modern, they were always kind of a throwback at the same time for their, the, the stuff that got them the most notoriety and has, has held up critically over the years it was stuff that was kind of it was always typically it was a period piece it was something looking backwards from a style standpoint so you know again in the broad strokes it did this as, as i agree that this is different from what you would expect normally from a you know stately gothic hammer film but i i think you know again it, it's reinventing itself for the 21st century mm -hmm. horror you know horror has changed like i said i mean just just uh, as we were alluding to earlier, just the influence on Western horror from the East, which was unheard of before, um, you know, even uh, even not uh, considering, you know, the uh, um, I don't know the right word here. The 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 films like, um, oh, the men from behind the sun and the other exploitation films from the West, from the East that had a, you know, kind of an underground impact and stuff like that. Uh, you know, that the, the changes in what was considered popular horror. You know, would I want to see a hammer take on like a survival horror or body horror film like Saw or Hostel? I don't know that I'd want to see that. But seeing Hammer take on, you know, the uh, a ghost movie, a modernist type of ghost movie that that held my interest uh, through, you know, and, and I thought that was a, an interesting concept. And I think, again, transplanting it into, you know, early 20th century England, even that it's a period piece. But it's 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 a little bit different period than we're used to seeing. Usually that was, uh, you know, except I think for Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, all the other ones took place a little bit earlier in the in the 19th century rather than in the in actually in the 20th. So I thought that was an interesting uh, change as well. Uh, makes for a although it's, you know, it's almost it like in, they were reaching back the same amount of time. You yeah, know, <laughs> right. well, I, I think also for this story with the guy who was a a, a, biz, a professional who had this tragedy and now he's, you know, uh, he's facing all these personal demons that suits Edwardian England, that era really well. Right. You know, because it's it's mm -hmm. we're post we're we're post industrial revolution in England. And, you know, we, we the, the you know, the, the England, it, it was not as I don't know that England was as changed as much as as America was, but obviously the changes in the cultural and societal order that came with that was, uh, you know, was was a big deal as far as you know the the portrayal of the working man and all that, which is essentially what he is. He's what we would call in Japan a salary man. He's a mm -hmm. professional, but he's still right. a working guy. You know, he's not the boss. And so him <laughs> taking this and you know trying to provide the something for his family and all that, I you know again. And, and we've talked about this before, is that, you know, how how my, especially my perceptions of a lot of the films that we watch for this have changed as I've gotten older and my family dynamic has changed and all that. I can I can relate to Arthur here going into this, you know, awful situation 
and trying to do what he can do and then just you know one bad thing after another continues to happen and you know at that point you're you're so far in you got to keep going you can't go back you know well i th- this th- I, this is going to be an interesting show cuz it almost sounds like all four of us watched a different movie <laughs> cuz I, w- I went into this ready to be like okay because the the only other modern hammer movie I saw was I don't know if there's even any more than those two was the um um let me in at, which was a remake of let the right one in and there was nothing hammer about you know it was just it was a modern remake of a modern movie is isn't the witch technically hammer didn't they put that out yeah I think I think you might be right that's not a very hammer like movie either that's a it's total not either no yeah. art house movie. Yeah. So I was not expected about 10 or 15 minutes into this movie. I was, I was coming in a little, cause I'm not the biggest fan of ghost stories, but when I do like ghost stories, I really like them. And this one was starting to remind me a lot of the changeling, which is one of my favorite ghost stories, which is, you know, and I, I mean, Rat, sweaty Radcliffe was pretty much, <laughs> Very, very much like George C. Scott in that movie, where, you know, through the whole movie, he's just a ball of misery. He's just a, you know, there's not much of a chance to really do a character arc or something. You're just, he's just miserable and caught up in the circumstances. So I was digging that, but then as it was going on, I was like meeting the the hostile villagers, and being like, okay, this is a fairly low budget movie. It's relying on the, the uh, a, uh, you know local scenery and sets and a feel for the the period, which I really love the scene where he's on the train, because usually when you'd have th- that time period, somebody riding on a train, you know a passenger train, it would be a lot more ornate than this. But this was pretty much just like no, this is what like. Mass, you know, normal, tra- you know, yeah, coach travel is like, and it's, and it looked, you know, it was, it was, uh, raw wood and, and, and a lot of just, um, the set design and the set decoration really had an authentic feel to it. It was nicely done. So I was going, okay, this is really feeling like a hammer movie for me. And, and you know, and conceptually more than, reminding me of specific hammer movies because it was doing just it it sort of reminded me of the early frankenstein and and dracula ones where it's like okay we're gonna do our take on a ghost story and i you know i don't you know the ghost stories wasn't one of the big hammer things so it's sort of a new thing and then what was killing me about it well, it makes me want to do a fan edit of it is the J horror sort of the jump scares and mm-hmm. the, the music hits and the, all the like weird stuff. That's like creepy pasta or like YouTube <laughs> short video, you know, where the yeah. ghost is behind yeah. him and you see the ghost behind him and, or, you know, whenever the ghost shows up, it, it comes screaming out at the screen at you and stuff like that. And, and all that stuff ruins all the, the I like the rocking chair better than a screaming ghost coming at you. It's more creepy and the just I agree. and the <laughs> just sort of creeping gloom. And I think like you could edit literally like forty seconds out of this movie 
and like make it to where it would be like one of my favorites of modern horror movies just by taking out those jump scares and and especially the last scene the last scene is just so so especially after the end of this movie which i thought was a nice double whammy of just sort of depressingness which was <laughs> which was unlike george c scott you know when you set things right for the ghost it's not like putting a key in the lock and fixing something this ghost is crazy so <laughs> yeah you got her son back but she's crazy she just wants to keep killing people yes. but then by the end you know the the conclusion that makes radcliffe finally happy <laughs> is both he and his son being dead so yeah it's dark the, the <laughs> it was well, but, dark the thing dark, is, like, dark and nice and dark yeah, yeah. i mean think at the end at the end i mean let's let's forget the the you know look at the camera and like ah oh, i you. hate that and that's the last it, thing it they sucks. show us yeah. right and that and that's leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth too at the end there as well but the, the thing is becomes um it's you know i mean that's that's the entire idea behind ring you is that no don't don't help her like she's evil she'll never stop and she doesn't and all i'm getting and that's what i was getting through this movie i'm like okay like as soon as he he's going to drag the they, they go and drag the coat he goes down to get the body of the boy and all stuff i'm like this ain't gonna work like i know it ain't gonna work like because that's not how this is gonna happen she, she she'll be reunited with her son and all this stuff he ain't gonna give two shits because she's like, I'm going to keep killing kids. I'm going to kill your kid. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to get back somewhere else. Because they made a sequel to this where she just keeps killing kids. And <laughs> I, understand, but I understand what Luke's talking about. Like, you know, as, as, as a parent, like, you know, it's hard because you're watching children. Like, you don't actually see them kill themselves. But they're implying that they're killing themselves. And it's, it's hard to see kids do that. But it's like, okay, but, like, it's not them doing it. It's not like, it's not like they're trying to kill themselves. Like, this evil woman who's a ghost is making them kill them, you know, kind of thing. So it's not a pleasant topic by any stretch of imagination, but it's, it's just that too much. That, that just kind of really shot out at me is like, Hey, this is just very familiar. And well, that, since it was from, you know what I'm saying? This is familiar. I was like, okay. And since, I mean, as, as Luke said, they have watered down the J pop horror has gotten so bad, you know, like, like and watered down and watered down and watered down. When you first, I don't know when you guys first saw ring you or Juan or whatever, those movies had a lot of impact when I first saw them because it was like, shit, I've never seen anything like this before, right. you know, kind of thing. Um, right. Even even the, the, the original yeah. ring, yeah. you know, um, that had a, a good amount of impact as well because it was a more modern take and whatever. Uh, not modern per se, but like more, it kind of moved it to America and, and it made it kind of feel more, um, more like it's not as displaced. I don't want to say that, make that sound like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if something's, you know, when something's foreign, sometimes you feel like, okay, well, that's a problem in Japan. That's a problem in Japan, you know, kind of thing. Like, you know, right. this is going to be a problem in Seattle, you know, kind of thing. So, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just saying it. That's just what it felt like. I mean, I thought the, they, the, if you, and you're right, and you're right, Chris. If you got rid of the stupid jump scare stuff, I think it helps the movie by, you know, you, you, you add to the movie by subtraction, by, by a small amount of subtraction. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just hard to describe because, again, I think if you go in expecting to see Hammer that we have known for years and years and years, it's not what you're going to get. If the name Hammer was not attached to this movie, I think it might have not, not not say it helped, but I think I think that if you weren't going in expecting Hammer, if you were going in expecting like 
uh, and old, like Luke said, they're like they were redoing original Universals. Now basically they were redoing like the old dark house stuff, the haunting and stuff like that. The stuff from the sixties. I mean, if you mean we watch a movie like The Haunting, the original, not the remake, right? The, there's nothing. There's nothing in that movie. It's just noise and creaking walls and doors. There's nothing, and yet it's very effective making its atmosphere. And I think this made really good use of atmosphere. And the house is creepy and like everything stuff is creepy, but it's the the, the little stuff that they felt they needed to throw in that sometimes I think takes you out of it a little. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you know, you know. So it felt added to me. It felt like they added it. Yeah. Might have added it afterwards. But I don't know. You see, like I mean, the the, the fact that she was going to keep on killing is what I liked about it because it was the the dark part of it to me was okay. He it's it's almost like something. Uh, sweaty Radcliffe did subconsciously where he did he did her a solid by digging up her kid and then she did and at the end that was her version of doing him a solid thanks man thanks for digging my kid up out of the the mud completely impossibly um, poltergeist style but you know good good work and and here and I'll, I'll do you a solid and I'll kill you and your kid. And your kid, which <laughs> turns out to actually be a... Because it's the only time you see him happy <laughs> in the whole movie. Well, but, I mean, the thing is, that, that's pretty much... As soon as you realize that his wife dies during childbirth, it becomes painfully obvious the entire movie that no matter what he does in life, no matter what happens, he'll never truly find what he's looking for. He wants his, he wants his family whole again. So by giving you that at the end, and I agree, like, you know, it makes sense... In that it does, you know, but like to giving him that at the end, uh, I'm like, okay, you know, part of me was like, okay, so he's going to wake up, right? And the kid's dead. And then it's like, wow, big fuck you right there at the end. Because that would have been like, oh, she totally dicked him over, right? Kind of thing. But like, you know, but it's not. I mean, it, it no, gives they're, you... they're two kindred kindred spirits. They're they're right. both driven insane by by misery yeah. and grief. I mean, it's, 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 it's horrible to say, but it's like it's the happy ending on the movie. Like, right. not, it, not that, it, it is a happy ending, but it's it is a happy ending. ending. It's, it's, it's not it's not the happy ending everyone would look for. But to be honest, if, dude, if your entire it's life a horror movie, which, well, no, but I'm saying, but if your entire life is now been ruined because your child's born and your wife dies. So no matter how much that you, you, you want to believe it or not, there is resentment there for that child for the rest of his life that he will resent the, the child because he took away his wife if he truly loved his wife. And it appears that's what they're trying to you know, portray here, that he did love his wife and it wasn't like some whatever kind of thing, right? So he always has that in there. So every time he looks at his son, he knows that his birth caused her death. And that causes a whole lot of other layers of an onion that they didn't have time to get into because they got still got to tell the ghost story that's got to happen, right? I mean, this, this seriously could have been a character study, had no ghost in it at all, and been like, uh, like you know, like you know, his entire life is just him trying to find a way to commit, you know, to finally end his life to be with his wife, kind of thing. Right. And that's really what's going on underneath. I mean, I get all that, but it's like it's hard when you're that's there and you're like, okay, oh wait, we're not going to talk about that. Got it. Okay, so now we got on the train, and now we got to have the guy with the car. And now we got to like, you know, what? I, like, I mean, I'm just saying, it's it's like it's like they had to like, well, we got to keep rolling this thing. And yeah, I'm. I thought, I thought I thought the car they, guy with the car was a very hammer like character. Yes. Oh, he is. Wife. Um, I love that the entire town is afraid of the car. That yes. to me is hysterical. Yeah. Well, again, it's, Ed, it's, Ed, it's Edwardian England. That's the only car yes. they've probably ever seen. Yes. So yeah, they probably are. I mean, if I hadn't done the intro 
he had my line, all just, just a bunch of superstitious rubbish, which is yeah. the most hammer line ever. You know, <laughs> outside of maybe like, past the marmalade. Yeah. So, um, you know, <laughs> which is not this movie. That's that's from that's from Curse of Frankenstein. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but um, you know that, that you make it, you make a good point. I mean, and and just as an aside, you know. Had this been a character study about the guy who had, you know, who uh, whose whose wife died in, in childbirth, it could have been Jersey Girl. So, you know, we dodged a bullet on that one. Yes, yes, this is a lot better than Jersey Girl. I think Jersey we'll Girl without George Carlin, with no George Carlin. Now, yeah, now this movie with George Carlin would have been something. You know? <laughs> yes. There's a fucking ghost up there, man. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, that's, <laughs> I don't that's know, a maybe... different movie. That's not what we got here. So. You well, got a mansion you know is, to keep I... your stuff in. <laughs> you can't keep your stuff in. You can't keep your shit in here. My stuff's got to go in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you, like you said, Jay, having the hammer name attached does bring up connotations. Now, I wasn't expecting anything when I plucked this out of the red box. Um, and I have, I still have, to this day have not seen any of the J-Horror stuff. So maybe that's why it kind oh. of be more... Than, than it would for you guys. Like I, and it's just I just never f- felt the need to go and look and see the original version of the Ring. I've never even seen the remake of the Ring uh, or any of that stuff. But then the remakes they did with like Sarah Michelle Gellar and all that shit. So, and and, and I'll agree the the jump scares are a little a little much. Yeah. And, but the, but but it's I mean when you do a ghost story right, and I think this ticks most of the boxes that you do need to tick for a ghost story where it is it's mostly atmosphere and like chris said if you if you cut a couple of the extreme stuff stuff out it it is a guy that's just he's getting scared in this big empty house with this mystery going on and uh i don't know i think it just it just worked for me like the i mean you put a bunch of creepy victorian toys in a room Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, you got me. Oh, oh that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm saying, but if you've never seen any of the J horror stuff coming yeah. into this, that changes the entire. Because now you don't, you don't have all that. Like, it now things don't smack of being uh, familiar. Now it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, again. It would be like, it would be like if you saw, like, if you went and watched Ring You now, you'd be like, okay, I got like what's going on here. Like, you know, it's, it's just when, when you first, the first time you see something, like when something's new to you. You know, kind of yeah. thing. Um, it 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 sometimes makes bigger impact, which is why there are people who are like, "Oh my God, how could you hate this movie?" Uh, you know, um, you know, Crawl is like the best movie of all time, and it's like, okay, but I'd already seen da 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 da, and they're like, "Oh, I never saw those." Like, you, like you never right. saw Come the Barbarian, you never saw, you know, whatever, you never saw, never, <laughs> you know. I'm just saying, like, you know, like, no, I've never heard of those movies, and like, where you been living, you know, kind of thing. Um, but it's true. I mean, but it, but it's it's like anything else. It's like when you're a little kid. And you first time you see something, you're like, oh, my God, that movie's so great because it might be the first one of whatever you saw. Yeah. And it allows you to you come into it fresh. If you could come into this movie fresh and have no knowledge of, like, the ghost stories that had been built up from 2000 to 2012. Because really think about it. I mean, when was was Juwan into? Was that 2000? I'm trying to think. I was got to be, like, in college. Yeah. Like, and, and, was and, a, and yeah, it was around then, yeah. It's, it's, it's right around that time. There have been so many of these movies, and the thing is, they kept ripping them off, and they kept like, and it, and then it wasn't just ripping them off; it was it was other companies. It was the it was the, the little you know the the blockbuster straight to DVD ripoffs, uh, the, the exact same things. So and it, I think it, I think the problem is is that this movie came too early or too late. You know what I'm saying? Like if it if it was ahead of the curve, 
and it's been the American, well, not you know, thing like the English, Western. you know, Western had to see it. Here, you know, what I'm saying, right, right. It had been that had been out earlier. We would have been like, oh, okay, this is this is you know the Western version of getting in the middle of this mix. Or if it had been a couple years later, once the J-pop stuff had died off, like really had been completely dead and kind of forgotten, it would allow that you know kind of feeling too. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to. I'm, I hope people don't feel like Jay's just knocking the shit out of this movie. Like, <laughs> I, I'm saying, it, like, it's just it just feels too familiar. And I think that's the problem is we see time and time again how many goddamn cookie cutter movies come out. And I'm not saying this is cookie, <laughs> but it's true. How many cookie cutter movies do they keep putting out here? You're like, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. Like, when is the last movie that you see something original, you know, kind of thing? And and and, and it doesn't have to be original. I'm not saying every original movie is amazing. But like, just something that's different, you know. So, but uh, I mean, the the one thing I can say throughout the whole thing, I was like, "Come on, Harry!" Like, I mean, like, you know, he he keeps. Doing oh, things. Harry! Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he goes and he has to light all the candles. I'm like, "Come on! Don't you have a spell for this?" Yes. Come on, whip it up. You know, like you know, uh, a Ludiamius. You know, whatever. I don't know. I don't watch. I don't like those movies either. So. Maybe it's Daniel Radcliffe's my problem. Maybe, really yeah, like maybe you just don't like Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, the movie would have been like ten minutes you. long. It would have been like, it would have been like, it would have been like Expelicus Psychobitricus, yeah. and then the movie's yeah. over. Yeah, I'm just saying is, I mean, maybe that might be the issue because I'm thinking to myself, going, I'm trying to, what movie do I like him in? I don't remember one because everyone, if I think I'm like, oh, I like that movie. No, that uh, wasn't him. That, wasn't he? That he was the bad guy in the second. Um, now you see me, wasn't he? That's about the only the thing I remember him from. Besides well, Harry Potter and this, I, I think it's like I'm thinking to myself going every time I'm like, oh man, I liked him in in Sin City. No, wait, that's not him. That's uh, that's, that's Elijah Wood. Wood. Yeah, and I'm like, I liked him in the remake of Maniac. Wait, that's not him. That's, that's Elijah Wood. Him. Man, I like Elijah Wood much better than I like Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> I, so I, I, I heard the farting corpse movie is really good. The farting corpse movie. Oh, so, um, Swiss Army Man. I yeah, seen Swiss it yet. Army it Man. Does I haven't good. seen it. Does look pretty good. It. So. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, well, Daniel, I think Daniel Radcliffe was in the jungle. I didn't see that though. Um, that was the one that like tried to make it look like it was going to be like uh, what, that was that Green Inferno or whatever that like with their cannibals, but it's yeah. just him stuck in the jungle. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> wizard your way out of it, Harry. Come on, let's go. You know, kind of thing. So anyway, the jungle. That's the one where he was working in Chicago and the yeah, other right? Yeah, right? <laughs> They had actually made Upton Sinclair as the jungle, because yeah. in there, kids die too, but they drown in the street. So yeah. Yeah, it's, sure. it's very upbeat when you're reading that in sixth grade. You're like, um, are we yeah. supposed to be reading this? Just but, shut up But and remember, read it. but our schools didn't have a leftist agenda, no. So just, no, just remember. No. No, <laughs> hey, it never put me off of eating hot dogs. So. Absolutely not. We had a barbecue, I think, when I was eating, when reading The Jungle. Remember that, yeah. Jay? When you were yeah, playing yeah. travel ball, you know? Yeah. <laughs> How did we manage to get talking about The Jungle? Okay. <laughs> it's called tangents, Chris. you got to follow them. You know uh, what I would like? Talking about The Jungle, I had this thought the other day. I'd love a version of The Jungle involving Hulk Hogan. Just so he can yell that if it wasn't for him, all of them would still be selling meat out of a truck in Minneapolis. Okay, so we can move on now. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, and then then Guns and Roses kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So then I then I have to. Add, all right. So if, since I like this one so much, should I go and track down the the Japanese stuff? 
I think that of, of all of them, frankly, I always thought Ryu was just superior. I mean, Ryu, which is the, the original version of The Ring, I is just, it. a, just a really good movie just all yes. around. All right. And it's different enough from this because you know this this what I what I, the stuff I really liked about this I really liked the period setting all the Edwardian stuff you talked about the the creepy toys and all that the other thing I thought was just as an aside was real interesting there was like visually several references to Profondo Rosso that I yes. saw in this there was the Hangman uh, mm. Hangman game there was all the dolls that were being shot in that kind of weird close up pan across all the dolls there's a hidden wall that plays like you know a, 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 a like a, a yep. covered up wall that plays a big part that's so that's weird the part little stuck out to, for me yeah yeah just weird little profondo rosso stuff but that 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 notwithstanding the, um, the uh, renu is is a very at the time it was made modern movie it's very much about the here and now which is why it's weird Part of part of the story, and Jay, you'll, I think you'll, and Chris, I think you'll back me up on this. Part of the the narrative is that it's it, why is this on a VHS tape? You know, yeah. that's okay. part of it. Well, when it's in, especially in Japan, where it, it's this everybody has the latest and greatest technology when you're living in the city type of thing. So, right. I, I yeah. I, I I think again. I I I like this. I, again, the subject matter was kind of tough for me, and and I said this to my wife. I said I said if this I said if it wasn't for this one aspect of this you would really enjoy this because it's creepy it's atmospheric it's got just enough kind of you know uh, like the jump scare stuff is there to scare they you know mostly the 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 norms and the women in the audience right so i mean it's it's just enough of that stuff i said i think you would have really enjoyed the story of this yeah of, but when the movie starts the... with three girls jumping out of a window together right yeah that that's that's a you know that that that's that's the that's the end of the line so to speak so yeah, I mean, I, 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 as I mean, the, all these modernist type of ghost stories, all type, all kind of, you know, they all kind of have variations on similar themes. So I, I think, yeah, if you if you like this, go back and check out Rinyu, and I think you'll you'll find a good counterpoint to it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the thing uh, is, Ray... Juan, the, the, the original Juan. Hang on, sorry, Chris. The original Juan is good as well. That's that's what the Grudge is based on. They did all mm -hmm. those. Um, it's not as good as Rinyu though. I mean, Rinyu is is there's a reason why that spawned. So many. I mean, the book. I mean, the thing is. I mean, I've read the book too. Well, I mean, Ring Yu is almost like. Um, um, it's like oh, Death Note almost. It's well, like no, I, I was, like, I, as far I, as its popularity and the, the way they yeah. remake it over and over it again. Is, it is. It has been done a thousand times. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's, the Blair Witch Project. It's sort of. It established a language of modern filming, a way of filming modern horror movies. Right. That when it first came out. It was like, okay, this is using the language of, okay, we're in the internet age, but here's a VHS tape from the past that's, you know, it's something from the past that's killing people, but it's still, and, the, and you know, I mean, the, um, the editing style of the tape, the way the tape looks, there's a million, you know, YouTube videos now, it's like, Hey, yeah. this might be a video from a serial killer. Or look at this strange tape that somebody's made. It's been cop, you know. So, like when you watch the if 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 you watch it now, you're gonna see a million things you've seen a million times before on the internet. But that's where they right. started. That's where it all started. Yeah, it's kind of like remember remember the, I don't know when the first time you guys ever saw Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah, right. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. Right, and I'm like. Yeah. Holy crap! What, yeah, what, what the right? actual fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the actual? But I'm saying when you watch that movie, you're, you're like, "What are we talking?" Like, okay, and then but what did Yandu see, just do? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Right, you know, kind of thing. Like, the problem becomes, like, as you watch, as, I mean, now, we, we, I mean, not that Henry Portrait Zero Killer is still not a very impactful film, but, like, we've seen so much more now. It's, you know, it's kind been of thing. expounded on. Yeah, like, right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, when like that movie came, came out, out it was so yeah, edgy, yeah, and yeah. people were like, this is a hard movie to sit through because it's so, yeah. you know, this is like, you know, this is like actually looking in on the private tapes of a serial right, killer right. or whatever. And well, that was that. I mean, that was the. I remember um, specifically with Henry. That was on the back of Cine Fantastique, and it had oh, yeah. the greatest tagline. It said, "It said scarier than Freddy or Jason because he's real." Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. those yeah. are the same idea. It's, it's it's you know that. But now that that's the thing now. You know the that that's mm-hmm. part of the. Again, I get in trouble for using this term on the network, but that's part of the visual vocabulary now. Yeah. Of of right. of, of horror is this idea is like no that, that this isn't you know this isn't high concept you know high affect no that this is this is striving for realism you know the right. one I always think about as kind of uh, it's it's not that great of a movie but kind of taking that that concept to its paramount is a movie called the last horror movie where. Yes. It's uh, it starts out. You put like, it, it. It was originally released on on VHS back in the the waning days of VHS. But it starts out with a different movie, and then uh, the killer has taken the rental tape and taped over it with his personal diary. Oh, yeah. interesting. And All right. and it goes on like this with them, you know, and and him talking to you as the viewer, saying like, well, why are you still watching this unless you want to see if I'm going to kill somebody? And it just yeah. keeps going on like this. And at the end, it's it's you know, it, he spliced in footage of people at the video stores like well you know you know one of you is going to return this and i'll come find you and all that so you know it's it's it, it, so but that idea of you know it's like no this you know we got we're getting away from what we were doing in the 70s and 80s where it was you know uh but like ironically like we talked about with like friday the 13th and a nightmare on elm street and that kind of stuff and getting into that it's no different with these supernatural movies that they happen to come from mostly from japan for a lot of these what that meant at least in what i've always thought it meant as far as way i've observed it is that because it was a foreign film that meant the critics could actually give it a good review at a time (laughs) horror movies did not get good critical reviews they simply didn't you know horror movies were all trash and any who liked them, you know, had psychological issues. There was a man-child, oh, whatever. But here, hey, this is an import. We can, we can, oh, yes, obviously, I mean, uh, evidence here on this podcast, on this very podcast. But if it was an import, they could they could talk about it in glowing terms because it's not American, you know. Right. And, and, and that's uh, the same. That, that's, why, that's why all the K-horror caught on and all that stuff, the Korean stuff that came out, like, right after the J-pop stuff. Um, I think when you started having the Korean influence and um, – like movies like Three Extremes, which just took three short movies and put them in, like these movies, they started just churning them out. And that's what Dimension started doing. And like Lionsgate and all those, they kept buying up these things. Didn't matter what it was, it was so hot. And, and they knew that they could just ride these coattails right in. And it flooded the market. And some of the stuff is good. And some of the stuff you're like, oh, I don't know if I, you know, like you're like, okay, like it's kind of grown inducing because now you're on the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh. You're like, okay, it's just the same movie again. But, you know, I mean, that, that's why, like, you know, you, uh, like Luke was saying, is the originals of these things definitely the critics were able to say, yes, you can watch Ring You and give it a good review. They couldn't possibly talk about, how, you know, any merits that might be for, you know, even the new nightmare, you know, which we, we, we did, we've covered recently. And we talked about how, you know, what a great movie that is. The idea of like, 
you know, the how different it is and stuff like that. You can't even talk about that stuff because 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 you couldn't be because it's it's a you know it's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. You can't have it be whatever you know. So, but and you know, and the thing is too is this is that while the hammer the hammer name is not the same as it was, and this is obviously you know they, their updated version of stuff. Um, by them not making the exact same film again is actually to me. I mean, it, we, it would, would it be great if this was like you know like the old Hammer like you know gothic horror kind of whatever. I love that stuff, but at least they tried something different. You know what I'm saying? At least they didn't make the same thing again. They tried to make something different for Hammer. You know, they didn't just remake. Uh, you know, they didn't make like you know Dracula AD 1972 like. Dracula 2000. I mean, there is a movie called Dracula 2000. Well, well Hammer was yeah. always trying to do something new anyway, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The shame is that we never got those lost Hammer films that Luke and I have always talked about. Like the, uh, you know, obviously Nessie and um, what was the... Um, Zeppelin versus, versus Pterodactyls. Yeah. Zeppelin versus Pterodactyls and stuff. They were trying to push that next level and they never got there because they just, you know, everything kind of died off. But it's like, I, if that stuff had actually happened, you know... Maybe we would not be looking at it because maybe Hammer wouldn't have gone away and maybe Hammer would have kept evolving and we would have gotten 1980s Hammer stuff when everyone's doing the, you know, the, the you know, the, the serial killer series, whatever. Maybe they're doing something different. You know what I'm saying? So, but be as it may. Again, if you like ghost stories, this is a good, it's a good ghost story that's going on here. It's not that. It's just, it's, it's if you're looking for Legend of Seven Golden Vampires, go find that. Because <laughs> yeah, this yeah, one, no, it's no well, and, you know, I mean, all in in all seriousness, and I and I don't mean yeah. to damn this with faint praise. I I really did enjoy this, yeah. even though intellectually I was very upset by the film. It's one of these films where, to me, it was like, okay, I I I liked it, but I don't know that I'll watch it again any anytime soon. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It was it was just just the way that that it was for me. Well, was that's, that... that's that's the thing about horror movies though is sometimes you're gonna run into a horror movie that that pushes those buttons in you but then at the same time you know well guys like us know that you go well it's a horror movie you know and so no but pushes... I, th I think we all have our breaking points like i'll never watch cannibal holocaust again right i'm saying yeah, that, yeah. like you may not watch it again but you'll say that worked as a horror movie. I'm just not watching it. You know, there's a lot of movies right. that are like that that I've that I've been like, that was a great movie. I'll never watch it again. That weren't even horror right. movies. You know? Yeah, same, same. Well, you know, everybody brings, like you say here, everyone has their breaking point. Everyone has their personal things that is, you know, is like, no, I'm not, I'm not watching this for whatever reason. You know? Um, no, we we all. I say we all, and I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I don't mean to speak for anyone else. I have been known to make fun of trigger warnings on more than one occasion. But <laughs> the original concept of the trigger warning has some merit, and that's that, okay, if you are sensitive to this type of topic, this talks about it. And that's, you know, that, that's, that's getting to what you were saying. That's everybody's got their thing that does something to, you know, that, that pushes yeah. the wrong buttons I mean, for them. Usually horror movies are their own trigger warnings because that's what they're advertising, <laughs> you know, is the things that, the very thing that's going to trick, you know, yeah, you know, so if you're, if you're scared of old dark houses and creaky things, the second you see the trailer for this movie, you know, it's not for you, not you for know. You. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, as we've also talked about, it also provides you an opportunity to perhaps, uh, you know, address and confront those things that in you're scared of place, in yeah. a safe way. Right. Because, you know, just keep repeating yourself. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. 
<laughs> and you can't freak out too bad because there's an audience around you and stuff like that. So yeah, it's... I mean, I mean, you can, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, so you definitely can because I'll put it this way: um, <laughs> we, I took Kelly to see The Exorcist when they re-released it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So right. So you think about it. It was broad daylight. We went in broad daylight. Right. The problem is we're in the theater and there's no one there. Just me and Kelly. Oh Jesus. Anything and it's fine and we're sitting. And Kelly's like, all right, because these are other people here. And then so this guy and his mom go sit up front. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Well, all I know is we're what it's a trailer for Lost Souls, that shitty Winona Ryder movie that she got arrested while they were making and they never came out. Some guy comes down the aisle and puts his hand on Kelly's arm and she fucking hits the ceiling. Right, she's terrified, and I go, "Well, this is going to be a really, it's going to be a really enjoyable experience for her because now she is so scared. We haven't even started the movie yet, and I know the extra is going to terrify her because the extra is fucking terrifying, right? It was terrible when Luke and I saw it at the tender ages of like eight and six or however old we were when Dad showed it to us. I don't know how old I was for the Exorcist, but it was probably too young. The Omen was eight and six. Yes, we were eight and six. The Exorcist might have been nine and seven. But the idea was, like, we saw the omen. We were young. We're like, okay, oh, great. It's the devil. I got it. Like, I understand, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Talk about Te- Kelly. And, and and at one point, when the, when they, the face comes up on the fridge, which I didn't know was going to be there. because Oh, awesome, yeah. The guy fucking drops his jujubes, and they go all rolling all over the place, right? <laughs> so, like, of course, that, like, you know, like, you're not expecting all the jujubes at the ground. You're like, oh, okay. Man, the flame, as soon as the, as soon as the mother goes in the attic, the flame shit. Kelly's like, oh, my God. She's terrified beyond belief. Right. So you can have that experience. And she knows it's a movie that was made 40 years earlier. Right. And nothing's going to happen. And we're in a movie theater and there's only like six people or five people there. And I'm right there. But she's able to have that, that experience. And now she'll never watch the extras ever again, ever. Right. Yeah. But she doesn't have to because she was able to sit through there and do mm-hmm. this. And right. that part <laughs> of the problem is when you watch a movie now, I mean, there are movies that I absolutely detest and I'll never watch again, like Last House on the Left, the original. Right. But the remake, I like a whole hell of a lot more. It's telling the exact same story. It's just that I didn't like the original. I, I like the remake way better, right? But I, I mean, I've seen Last House and Left. Do I have to watch it again? No. I mean, I spit on your grave. Do I own it? Yes. Do I have to watch it all the time? No. It's not pleasant. I'm not sitting here going, I want to watch this again, right? But should you see? Should you see? I spit on your grave. You should see it at least once. Yes. Should you see? Uh, you know, Last House and Left at least once. Yes, of course, because. If you're a horror fan and you, uh, this is what you're into, or even if you know if it's something you get, you've seen it, okay, you can make your own choice. Like, I mean, I tell people all the time, they're like, "Oh, this was the worst movie ever made." And I said, I "Mean Battlefield Earth? Battlefield Earth, <laughs> the worst movie ever made." And they're like, "What do you mean?" And I go, "Do you know how much money that cost? Do you know these things did? Like, that's the worst movie ever made." And they're like, "No, no, no, it's this whatever piece of shit they're talking about." I go, "No, no, have you seen it?" Because you, you can't judge it until you see it. I'm telling you right now, it's the worst movie ever made. Dollar for dollar, yeah. Pound for pound. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's pound, the worst movie ever. pound for pound under John Travolta's chin. Yes, yeah. and Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, right? Forrest Whitaker, yeah. You can't forget it. And <laughs> Kelly Preston's tits. Right, yes. Uh, and, yes. And Barry Pepper. What I'm saying is the problem becomes is that like you look at that and you're like, okay, I never have to sit through that ever again. Now, I do own the riff tracks of it, so I may have to sit through it again to watch the riff track of it. But the, the idea being is you may, you can make your own choice. If you like ghost movies and you like things like that, and Women in Black, as Luke said, is not a movie he's going to want to watch again because of the subject matter that's involved with the children being 
killed, then that's your choice. But I guarantee you, like, if, if you say, I'm being, I'm, if I'm out of line, I'm saying this, Luke, let me know that you, you weren't like, oh my God, I couldn't, I, you know, you weren't at no point like, oh, hey, I, I got to stop this movie. And it's like, no, I, I can't no. keep going. No, but it's not such that you want to like, well, let me, let me pop in women in black because I got nothing to do on a Friday night. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, no, there are plenty of other things you can watch on a, you know, you know, better movies you enjoy, whether they're horror or not horror or whatever kind of thing. It's just what it is. And this might be someone's favorite movie. I'll be honest. There might be someone listening who's like, what do you guys talk about? This is the best movie ever made. I love sweaty D- Daniel Radcliffe. Like, you know, I, I have pictures Radcliffe. of lots of, lots of ladies might like sweaty yeah. Radcliffe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. the sweaty Radcliffe. Oh, again, you got to pay extra for that kind of action. Oh, boy. You got to so. say that like uh, like Jack Lee's, oh, the sweaty red cliff. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Norton! <laughs> Norton. <laughs> oh, boy. So. Anyway. Sorry, I've been watching a bunch of WPIX videos on YouTube, thanks to Tom Panneries. And I found yeah. a great series of uh, thanks, commercials. For... Thanks a lot, Tom. Yeah, but uh, Tom, you got to cover, cover the Carvel commercials because there's nothing more in New York. This Tom Carvel, come to Carvel cakes and ice cream. Oh, have you them. seen the Carvel commercial with the unsolved mysteries music put over the back of it? Yes, and it's the what? greatest thing ever. Pudgy <laughs> the whale went missing. Well, it's, no, it's got to be the, the alien. The, what was the alien's name? Cookie puss. Cookie puss. Cookie, cookie opus during. The opus is Irish. His Irish cousin. Irish. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Cookie Opus. You might like me if you enjoy I racial stereotype. <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah. I remember when I could eat that stuff. God, I love friggin' Carvel ice cream. Now, if I'm in the same room, I might be like, you know, yeah, doubled over in pain. So That's all right, I'll eat your share. I know, I, I know. It's okay. It's like anything else. It's like, but Haley's like, Daddy, do you, do you want dessert? I'm like, do you know Daddy can eat dessert? I'll eat it for you. You know, yeah. no problem, Dad. I'll eat the extra Nutter bar. You don't have to eat it. <laughs> You know, yeah. well, you know, well, you know what's what's unfortunate is that you know I always say that when there's a little bit of something left over, I always say, oh, I'll give it a good home. Now yeah, the kids are saying, join his friends. Yeah. yeah. Now the kids are all saying that too. Like we, you know, we had some apple cake left over from Rosh Hashanah, and the kids are like, oh, I'll give it a good home. It's like, no, you don't get to say that. That's my thing. Yeah, wait well, yeah, a Teenagers, you're gonna have to fight them for all the food. <laughs> I'm hoping by that yeah. point I'll have taken up my golf game so much I won't be at the house that often. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Well, Woman in Black, but... Uh, Do we have anything else here about Woman in Black we need to say? I, if you, I if you like ghost stories, you should watch it. Yeah, I, It's a good ghost I, story. I liked it a lot. It's a I, very I, classic production. Yeah, it's, it's not as... I, I, I was very excited, actually, when, when Heroes suggested did we watch this as the last of the Hammer films? Because it is, you know, I, I hadn't seen it at that time, but I knew it wasn't like, you know, a, a traditional Hammer film. So I was eager to see it just and compare and contrast. So I'm glad that I watched it. And I said, I'll echo that. If, if you like, you know, the, the ghost stories and, you know, that, that type of uh, old Dark House stuff, I think this is a really good version of that the type of film. They just don't make that much anymore. So I think it's, it's worth watching for sure. But that brings us to the end of our hammer cycle of films, guys. For what do you? Uh, well, for now, yes. But uh, yeah, for now, yeah. It's like when they like when they announce that a ball player is on the you know he's listed as day to day. It's like aren't we all? But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what do you what do you any closing thoughts on Hammer as a whole? I had a freaking blast watching all these movies because from for me it was the first time I think for pretty much all of them. So yeah, really? Yeah. 
Well, like, yeah, yeah and, so... like, and like the Italian movies, this has just whetted my appetite for it, and there's this whole huge other world still left of them that I can still check out, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the nice part about the Hammer movies, and Luke and I grew up on Hammer movies, um, is that when you start getting into, like, this, some of the stuff we didn't, we didn't get to, like, you know, like, I'm um, thinking, like, uh, Vampire Circus and, like, Countess Dracula, and, like, you get into the ones where they're much more... Um, adult oriented like there's a lot of nudity and a lot of whatever um, yeah, really we didn't awesome. get into any lesbian hammer and that's we one just, of my regrets that's what they call well, me the lesbian, <laughs> the lesbian, the lesbian hammer, hammer. <laughs> oh my god I'll bring on the hate mail So, um, what I'm saying is like when you get into those things too it, having seen the you, you need to have watched you need to have watched the what we what we did we, you had to have seen the mummy and curse of Frankenstein and horror Dracula because if you only ever started with Hammer, with like the Vampire Lovers and Vampire Circus and Twins of Evil, like it, it would, it would, you have to see where Hammer was was when it, when it when it started making the gothic horrors, and then it said, hey, we need to kind of amp up the sex, and that's what they did. Um, but you can see it like, not like Captain Cronus had a little bit, a very small amount in there, but that was a lot more. Than you would have seen in, in many of the you know other earlier movies kind of thing, and there's still plenty of Frankenstein movies to watch, and still plenty of Dracula movies to watch, and and if you love Hammer, if, again if you if you were new to Hammer, um like you know and this helped you get you in, involved in that, check them out. There's tons of Hammer stuff out there, um and what you'll find is that some of the stuff you'll like, oh man, like this was you know like maybe this maybe Scars of Dracula might be your favorite. Or maybe you get to like Dracula 80, 1972, and you go, like Haley said, why is everyone dressed like that? I go, it's 1972. She goes, oh, <laughs> they dress like that on purpose? And I said, yes. yes. She goes, oh, I thought they lost a bet. So, you know, kind of thing like, yeah, no, my daughter doesn't pull punches. So, you know, fuck's given zero, you know, kind of thing. Um, but the nice part is there's still a lot of hammer out there to explore. And um, there are several books out there, too, if you're interested in like the, the history of hammer films and stuff. And, Luke and I have touched on a few of the the Lost Hammer films. Um, you know, there's a I'm trying to remember that book's got to be a good. I probably bought it 20 years ago, um, yeah. and it's all every single Hammer film because at the time there was nothing. The Hammer wasn't coming to anymore, and it talks all about those lost films and those like the idea of Nessie and you know Zeppelins versus pterodactyls and like the what was it um, not not, the, not not wasn't called the day the Earth cracked open. It was something like that though. Um, yeah. Like where, where, where the Earth splits in half or something crazy like. You're like what? That's not Hammer, but they were trying to do all those different things. So, um, you know, hey, again, if you, if you enjoyed this stuff, I would definitely go and check out other Hammer stuff. Hopefully, we've kind of wet your appetite for what's there, and you know, and write in if you again, maybe maybe you're in the same boat. You'd never seen any of these movies. Maybe we got you going the right way. You know, just seeing the movies. You know, these kind of things. Let us know. Maybe Women in Black is your favorite. Maybe you know, maybe it's whatever. It doesn't matter. Just we'd love to hear from you guys. So. Mm -hmm. you know and as we're recording this we are coming up on uh tcm turner classic movies they always do uh, a lot of horror films during uh, the month of october and as we're recording this we're not quite there yet so if it's if it's you know october 2018 or around then when you're listening to this there is a whole bunch of hammer stuff oh that tcm God, yeah. is showing this year including all four of their mummy films because yes. we didn't which are none of which are related to each other but, you know, including the rarely seen The Mummy Shroud and Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. And there's a bunch of Frankensteins as well and some Draculas. So 
Uh, that that might be an alt uh, a a avenue to see some Hammer stuff if uh, you know you if if you want to check out more from the studio. Yeah, and the, the, the Mummy movies are you're like oh I saw the first one. Yeah, you didn't. There's nothing. Yeah, they're no, nothing no, like. Nothing alike. <laughs> nothing. They have nothing to do with each other. Not even close. I mean, this Hammer made them. That's about it. And. I don't think you can get four different, more different mummy movies no. possibly. You know, yeah. I don't. You'd, you'd which, be hard. Which is completely crazy because <laughs> the, the 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 Universal movies are the exact same movie over and over again. They use stock footage, so which is funny. But yeah, but yeah, well worth Where'd it. Where'd you so. go rolling down that hill? But <laughs> yeah, I love that anyway. reference. Lon Chaney plays them. We reference back to Tom Tyler. And hey, Boris Karloff, too, in the same movie. Yay, Universal. 62-minute <laughs> running time, full of padding. Anyway, sorry. This is available for purchase. You can go through uh, the Two True Freaks yes. Amazon link. You can grab it on Blu-ray. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, it's streaming on Amazon Prime for free. Ooh. So uh, you can definitely check this bad boy out. Or any other Hammer film if you want to purchase them. Please do. Keep the lights on for us. Oh, yeah. There's been some great Hammer releases of late. They've been uh, they put out um, a couple of four packs, a couple like, like um, some lesser known, like not saying lesser known titles, but titles that were not as readily available. Put it that way. Um, all that stuff. If you're interested in Hammer stuff, hit up Amazon. Go to the Two True Freaks uh, website. Hit the link right on Amazon. You put in Hammer, and then you're gonna get all kinds of stuff. There's tons of ball really peen, good movies. Dead blow. No. Sorry. <laughs> And you know what, what, I mean? and what, what is it. our um, email address? It is freakvault, all one word, freakvault at gmail.com. If you would like to talk to us here on the vault, go ahead and send that in and we will respond to your email on the air. Do it. You know what's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> They're listening to this show. They may not. Ah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, if we're done, I got to go. I got to go do this weird work thing. I got to hang out at this place like all night or something, go through all these piles of crap. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual, and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Test, test.
Say duh. Yeah. Good luck.